Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, welcome back to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. We've been talking a bit about bad bosses and how to deal with those sorts of situations. So we're gonna move from bad bosses to bad reviews. Uh, think of yourself as a, as a restaurant or a hotel and think about how poorly things can go when there's a bad review on Yelp or, or TripAdvisor. So from a professional and executive presence context, um, not just talking about our performance reviews, although those are an important piece of this, I'm also just talking about getting bad mouth in general, right? So you do something and someone's criticizing you, um, sometimes anonymously, sometimes with attribution. But the challenge with this is we all as human beings have what's called a negativity bias. Just read this amazing book called The Power of Bad by Josh Tierney. Um, I'll write a quick blurb and a book review and a link to it, uh, and I'll share that uh, in the show notes so you can read that on my blog. And what Josh talks about is as human beings, as a survival survival mechanism, bad generally draws our attention more strongly than good. And there are some rules of thumb that they talk about, like a four or five to one rule. You may have heard this. It takes about four or five good or positive experiences to offset or equal one negative experience. And this makes a certain amount of evolutionary sense because um, if something's bad and you judge it as bad and you withhold or you react in a way to protect yourself, what happens if you're wrong? Right? Generally, nothing tragic. But if you think something is good when you should have noticed it was bad and you didn't and you go ahead, that can have more catastrophic influences. Um, also, another example is, you know, eating something which has a bad taste. Do you just go on and eat it or do you stop eating it? Right. So back then, before uh, we had good ways of telling it, that was the only way your taste buds. So if it tasted bad and you went to go on to eat it, you could actually end up getting poisoned or very sick. So there is um, a, a sort of a, a evolutionary, a, a sort of survival reason for bad to have such a strong sort of impact on us and why we as human beings still to this day have a negativity bias. And something like this happened to me recently where um, I did a program for uh, KPMG. It was called Future Forward. It's about just knowing the technology that we're using and, you know, people had to apply to get in and I was asked to facilitate. And, you know, generally I do a pretty solid job with these facilitations and I generally get pretty high marks, like higher than the benchmark or average usually. So I, I had been doing this for one or two years and, you know, no problems, always good reviews. And I opened up the instructor review and immediately I start scanning for the negative, right? Plenty of positive stuff, great facilitator, engaging, good pacing. But just one negative comment can sort of wipe all those away. Maybe you've had this experience in a performance review or just in a relationship with someone, could be a friend, could be a coworker, where all the good can just be wiped out or offset by one negative comment. Same thing happens in social media, right? You can really get sent down this rabbit hole of negativity just because of one snarky comment or one critical comment, and then it goes back and forth. Um, so there really is uh, quite a power 
to this negativity and how we respond to it, you know, emotionally and uh, professionally uh, as well. So as an executive, uh, it's really important as part of your executive presence to navigate things in a way to manage the bad. There's always going to be bad, right? None of us will be able to eliminate any criticism. And I would even argue, you know, the more important and the more future future thinking, innovative stuff you're doing, the more criticism you're going to attract, right? The higher you go, it's always the more people taking shots at you. That's not the issue. The issue is how do you prepare yourself for that to avoid and minimize uh, getting those sorts of reviews and also, when you do get them and you do get negative feedback, how do you respond in a way that can actually um, turn that negative feedback into positive feedback instead of uh, making it worse? So I'm going to share with you three uh, principles. Uh, they're uh, things that uh, I learned from the book, The Power of Bad. So one thing an executive can do, you can preempt the bad by minimizing the main points of failure. So you may know already there are certain things that are going to be criticized. What can you do ahead of time to minimize those weaknesses, either by automating something, by getting someone to back you up, by explaining and setting expectations ahead of time? This can really help you, especially if you know that there are certain common themes and points of failure that are constantly happening. Why would you just allow them to continue to happen and not take any steps to uh, minimize or even negate them? And this is part of the uh, one of the six degrees of executive presence of being proactive, right? You're you're taking steps ahead of time. You're not reacting. You're being proactive. The second principle is getting feedback in real time. So as much as you can, try to get that feedback right away. It doesn't help you to hear a year later that you did something a year before. You probably won't even remember it. So as much as you can with whatever mechanisms you're able to avail yourself to, get real-time feedback and, and this is the crucial part, overwhelm the bad with good. So if someone says, I really didn't appreciate the way you did this, how do you respond in a way that overwhelms the bad, the thing that you did? You can't take it away. You did it. But with good, saying, thank you so much. I'm going to talk to my boss about this. I'm going to change this sort of process. I'm Whatever is feasible and right for you to do, whatever's appropriate, to overwhelm the bad with the good and change a critical customer or client into your biggest advocate. And the third principle, and I love this one, um, had heard about it and, and uh, thought about it a lot in some other books. I think it was in a sales book um, a couple years ago. I had read this. It's called the peak end rule. Peak, like, you know, top of the mountain, end, like the end of a book, rule. And what this says is, while first impress impressions are important, they have kind of only a limited boost or benefit. It's really the ending that matters most to people's experience. So you can start off great, but if you end really poorly, it can ruin everything good that went before. And, and the, the example that I like to use is, let's say you're listening to a beautiful piece of music, and all of a sudden at the end, there's like a scratchy record sound. 
at the end. I think they did an experiment and people's experience of that music went down. Similar to a meal. You're having a wonderful meal. Appetizer is great. Drinks are great. Main is great. Dessert has a fly in it. Right? How are you going to experience that when the ending is horrible versus the opposite where it started out bad, but then, you know, the chef came out and, you know, the server apologized, they comped you, and all of a sudden they made everything so wonderful and dessert was magnificent. So think about also how you can make the ending very strong and pay special attention to making sure people leave with a really great last impression. So your mission for today, I want you to really think about how you can use these principles in your day-to-day to uh, help your executive presence be better and to anticipate uh, points of failure and, and how you can uh, do things ahead of time, be proactive, how you can get real-time feedback and overwhelm the bad with the good. That could just be a conversation with a, a client uh, or one of your people on your team. And finally, the peak end rule. How can you go out strong? How can you finish with a bang so you can really, really leave a great last impression? Well, if you have any other ideas or experiences, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a voicemail on Anchor or send an email to joe at connectioncounselor.com. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and thank you for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk today about something that I know annoys everybody, right? Every single person who's listening to this has had difficulties getting a response from someone. It could be a a recruiter or a hiring manager if you interviewed. It could be your boss when you have an urgent question. It could be a a customer uh, that you're trying to get a response from so you can do something the right way. Um, Or it can even be a vendor, right? So uh, you are the customer and the vendor is just not getting back to you with a response. So whether it's via email, voice... shared a great idea only to be ignored or have someone else take the credit? 
why do some people consistently seem to advance faster? Have you ever implemented performance feedback and expected things to change, only to have a new hurdle placed in front of you? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. After years of coaching clients and while writing my book, Unlock Your Executive Presence, I discovered executive presence is the key to unlocking your career. But what is it? How do you get it? And can it be taught? In my online course, Executive Presence and the Diversity Dilemma, we explore how executive presence works. You may be surprised to learn, as was I, that it has nothing to do with what you say, do, or wear. Most courses fail because they only teach you how to copy executive presence. We'll start off by revealing how it actually works, which is based on how you make people feel. Next, we'll explore the six degrees of executive presence, which will help you generate it on demand. Finally, we'll cover how to make your authenticity an asset, the power of introverts, and generating executive presence in virtual meetings. If you are a high potential professional with the skills to advance, but who is struggling to get the right attention, then this course is for you. The first module is free, so join us today on udemy.com so you can be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence Morsel.